ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk All Around Sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to my 328th ever show of All Around Sports. Reach Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this weekend and what's ahead for the week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through our website at iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my events of the week, highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items. Also, we'll be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. Well, my events of the week that I attended were back-to-back late last week. Uh, Started off with Colts Patriots on Thursday night at nearby Gillette Stadium. And then went to the Sox-Yankees game one on Friday night, which was simply awesome. They hadn't played in 14 years in a postseason game. And I was at uh, the famous game five of the 2004 ALCS against the Yankees as they were mounting their epic uh, comeback. So it was great to be back in Fenway and the electricity was simply off the charts on Friday night, the anticipation, and J.D. Martinez delivered with a three-run homer, pretty much like he's done all year long, and it just set the tone. Uh, so it was a perfect game in that the Red Sox played with a lead, uh, got up to 5 nothing, and then the Yankees kept chipping away. The bullpen was having issues, uh, as they have this year. And led to just high drama, uh, especially in the ninth inning when Aaron Judge led off with a home run. Uh, Something we've been seeing since as well. We were to see again the next night. And, oh, by the way, what a physical specimen. My seats were near the visitors on deck circle. And as they were lined up along the third baseline, pregame introductions, uh, it was stunning to, for the first time ever, see Aaron Judge in person, especially lined up with his teammates, and just how much bigger he is than everyone else, including Giancarlo Stanton. It was uh, a moment that I won't soon forget. And then he produced in the game. His game is as big as he is. Anyway, uh, so it was just a perfect game. Again, Red Sox playing with the lead throughout the game, but yet Yankees just chipping away. Huge, huge at-bats with the entire Fenway crowd up cheering, especially with two strikes. Great stuff, especially in the top of the ninth following Judge's home run that closed it to 5-4. to four. Uh, Great stuff. Uh, so I was honored to be there. And then uh, the next night, not so great. Uh, David Price, who is just... Uh, 
basically, you know, had problems in the, obviously right now he's one of the worst postseason records in baseball history, specifically problems with the Yankees. And it just, uh, Frankly, he just came apart, lifted after one and two-thirds innings, couldn't make it out of the second inning. That is just stunning. So, of course, Boston's in an absolute uproar. Uh, truthfully, they even with the win on Friday night, they were uh, in a bit of an uproar that the Yankees got close. So, uh, only in Boston, as I like to say. Kind of thought we were past that after three world championships since breaking the curse in 04, but... Uh, no, when it comes to the Yankees, uh, all bets are off uh, with emotions and Red Sox passion. And uh, but it's great, it's great stuff. There's just uh, no no city quite like it, uh, and there's nothing quite like Red Sox Yankees. Obviously, they're back at it tonight in Yankee Stadium. That'll be crazy there, especially when I think how crazy it was watching the wild card game with the crowd. It was awesome. And now suddenly the Yankees actually have a chance to close it out in Yankee Stadium. Best of five. If they win the next two games, there won't be any more games at Fenway, which would really be, uh, frankly, sad, given the record-setting year the Red Sox have had. But that brings up the rear of today's games. Uh, We have Astros-Indians starting in a half an hour. It's great to have live TV on, especially postseason while we're doing the show. Then at 4.30 Eastern Time, Dodgers-Braves. The Braves stayed alive last night, based uh, largely on the uh, Ronald Acuna Grand Slam. Uh, Of course, the Rockies were swept by the Brewers. Astros have a 2-0 lead over the Indians. uh, But back in Cleveland, hard to believe the Indians will go down uh, and get swept. But yet, the Astros are just a tremendous team. So another big, big day of baseball. It's going to be fun, but clearly the focus tonight, Red Sox-Yankees, it is going to be great. Of course, this all followed uh, Thursday night, attending the Colts-Patriots game over at Gillette Stadium. It was great, great energy, all is right with the world, and the Patriots back in Boston, or all, all is right with the Patriots world, shall I say, up here, they're back to three and two. And one, two in a row, and game of the year so far coming up this Sunday night in Gillette Stadium, hosting the Kansas City Chiefs. So I think it's safe to say that we're going to know a whole lot more about both teams uh, next Sunday night. And that is really going to be fun. My highlight of the week was the Steelers getting back on track. Speaking of getting back on track like the Patriots have. Great game yesterday. Went to the Steelers viewing party that's held for every game here here in Boston. The Yinzers Club, uh, basically Pittsburgh transplants living here in Boston, get together for every game, and it was just electric. Really kind of a must-win game for both teams. And uh, The Falcons are in trouble, but the Steelers are alive, and Ben and A.B. hooked up, and everybody sure looked happy back on those sidelines um, throughout the game and certainly afterwards. Uh, That game, you know, ushered in other compelling NFL games, Uh, most notably the Panthers winning on a 63-yard field goal by Graham Gano. It was incredible. And there were lots of upsets yesterday. The Browns' OT win 
over the Ravens. Another more good news for the Steelers. And something I thought never thought I'd see everybody at the Steeler game. The Steelers viewing party in Boston hung around to watch the Browns overtime win against the Ravens. And everybody was cheering for the Browns, obviously. And uh, not a sight we're used to seeing. Steeler fans not only sticking around, but cheering for the Browns, who are suddenly must-see TV. Buffalo Bills, up and down, upset the Tennessee Titans. Detroit Lions, upset the Packers. And there's a little bit of trouble in Packerland as well. Uh, other compelling games, Chiefs over the Jags. Uh, interesting game where Patrick Mahomes, uh, the breakout star of this year, did not uh, throw a touchdown pass, yet they won fairly handily. Uh, their defense came up big for the first time this year. Bengals, great comeback win over the Dolphins. They were down 17 nothing. They won 27-17, so they ran off 27 in a row. Pretty impressive, uh, largely on their defense also coming up big and great game with the Rams and the Seahawks Rams going uh, forward on fourth and one uh, to put away the game with about a minute to go gutsy call on their side of the field and they won 33-31 so great game there and the Rams are just looking awesome they're they're basically uh, them and the Chiefs the two undefeated teams are obviously the funnest teams to watch my bizarre story of the week was Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, in his now famous interview where uh, a lot of negative comments uh, against his team, teammates, and New York City for that matter. Uh, Coach Pat Shermer was basically apoplectic, it seemed, in his post-game press conference yesterday, and he uttered what I think could become a great line, which is he said what he wanted to say and just said, uh, the situation with OBJ is now finito, to quote him. Uh, so it was great. Reminded me of some famous press conferences in the past, like uh, like Dennis Green. They are they they were who we thought they were. <laughs> so, and lastly, my low light of the week is the fallout from the USA Ryder Cup team. After their loss to Europe over in Paris, it's a really, really bad look. Everything ranging from Patrick Reed's comments to an alleged, stressing alleged, uh, altercation between uh, Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepka. Uh, so, who knows? It's a, turned into a bit of a he said, she said. and uh, But bad look. And you just have to hope. I know it's two years away, the next Ryder Cup at Whistling Straits in Wisconsin, boy. But it's gotten pretty bad. Hopefully it doesn't get worse because if it gets much worse, it's going to leave scars uh, that could be tough to recover from even within two years for the next Ryder Cup without some type of major uh, uh, overhaul and or uh, clearing the air, shall we say. But it's uh, yeah, it's no 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 fun to see by any means. Not not good for the USA Ryder Cup team. So now let's take our break, and next up will be our weekly call-in expert, AP Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. 
So don't go anywhere. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Get ready for the Get Down with Hurley Brown. Want to get inside of the minds of the players and coaches? We'll talk everything sports, but with a focus on the NFL, NBA, and college football. We'll review and preview the week's big games. We'll talk about the draft choices and free agents and go inside the teams for news, recruiting, and what's next from the colleges to the pro teams. It's the Get Down with Hurley Brown. Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific on Voice America Sports. Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on The Voice America. Sports Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now... Back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports, and I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well, joins us. And A.P., how are you doing today? Hey, John. Thank you. I'm doing very well. Appreciate you having me on the show. Well, appreciate you joining us as always. And as always, there is uh, another exciting weekend of college football. A couple of uh, top five teams upset, beaten. Uh, So it was just fascinating to watch. Uh, And you were at... A uh, pretty big upset yourself. A uh, little bit of a departure. You were over in Mississippi for the Mississippi State Auburn game, correct? Correct. I was in Start Vegas, as they call it, John, and Start Vegas. Eighth ranked uh, Start Vegas. Yeah, it's, it's in the elevator. They have a big picture of the crowd, and it's right there in the elevator. Stark Vegas. So really? they're proud of that moniker. Yeah, that's part of they're proud of that moniker. They want to say it has that type of atmosphere. What that's to be debated, but it, it is a good atmosphere. The music loud. They have a lot of good video production on their boards, and they keep the music uh, ever present. And the cowbells they add in for the old ambiance, which is 
all that clanging, it, it can take an effect on you if you're making calls, you know, or you're the quarterback trying to get the signals across. Yes, I'm sure it does. I, I was getting some of that, not cowbells, but uh, <clears throat> let's just say I was at the Red Sox Yankees game Friday night at Fenway, game one, and Yankee fans, as always, they, they may be outnumbered, but they're not outvocaled. Uh, they were <laughs> making their presence known. Uh, one in particular that was just nonstop chanting, let's go Yankees. It's still ringing in my head four days later, and I mean nonstop, <laughs> nonstop. So, yeah, I can relate to the you know cowboy cowbells and and just uh fans making their presence known but what a game huh you saw a good one well an upset yeah, well, let's put it that way yeah mississippi state right an upset right but you know i they had been struggling they'd only scored 13 points in the last two games one on the road against kentucky and one at home against florida so uh, i was curious to see if that auburn defense which is noted for being very good at front seven could hold off Nick Fitzgerald and company running the football. Well, Mississippi State just overpowered him, 349 yards rushing, John. I never thought I'd see Auburn defense give up that many yards on the ground. And Nick Fitzgerald broke the records for rushing quarterbacks in the SEC, held by Tim Tebow. So he set a new milestone, and he had 195 yards. On uh, uh, Hill of Mississippi State running back had about 125, 126, something like that. So they just dominated them up front. I mean, their passing game is not very good on Mississippi State, but they didn't need much. And their field goal kicker made his attempts, and it was a 22 to 9 victory. Auburn was never in rhythm with their passing game. Uh, they had, uh, I think, it was like the third straight game of less than 100 yards, and Gus Belson loves to run the football. So there's some serious problems there. And when you cannot run the ball at Auburn, then that means your passing game is going to struggle as well because their offensive line is not strong. And Jared Stedham, I think, at this point in the season, the sixth game, he's hearing the footsteps. You know, they're chasing him. They, they ended up sacking him three times in the second half. But I, I believe they should come out throwing the football that Jared uh, have his turn to, to get the offense, uh, uh, you know, rejuvenated because – the running game is just they don't have an outstanding back it's just average ball players yeah i mean this is not the way jared stedham or stedham or any of us envisioned his senior year going uh you know coming in as a heisman candidate period and uh it's suddenly not turning out that way and yeah i mean i i was out you know for a good portion of the day on saturday and then uh you know, came home to uh, a lot of surprising scores. Uh, but luckily, I got home in time, AP, to see the uh, uh, Gators beat LSU, ranked number five, undefeated. And speaking of Tim Tebow, uh, Tim Tebow's uh, was name was put up in the Ring of Honor. I, I have a good buddy in Gainesville, someone I grew up with, and... Uh, so he, he was just saying, you know, it was huge for them to get a victory like that on the day of, uh, you know, Tim Tebow being honored. And, you know, we saw the clips between years, you know, at the end of the first quarter. And, uh, yeah, I've always been a Tebow fan, so I thought it was great to see. But anyway, Florida, the Gators played like they did during the Tebow years. They, uh, that defense was incredible. 
in the fourth quarter and stop an LSU quarterback, Joe Burrow, who hadn't thrown an interception. And I think he threw two in the last five minutes to, uh, as the Gators put it away. Yeah, that was uh, quite a victory for the Florida team. Dan Mullen is trying to rekindle the excitement in, in the swamp, and that, that was a huge victory for them. Uh, it sets up this Florida-Georgia game here. I think it's a couple end of the month, actually. So that's for the SEC Eastern Division. And we saw Kentucky get upset by A&M down there at College Station. But they Florida, sure did. Felipe Franks, he played, he played well enough for his team to score points. And Joe Burrow, uh, he couldn't make enough plays. And he threw that pick six there near the ending. They still had a chance to tie it, but yep. they couldn't get a ton offensively. They did, he, they, you know, and I don't, they dropped some passes on him as well. During they that did. last drive, so they could have had a chance. But you know, when you when it gets down to a few plays, there can't be any errors, can't be any mistakes, can't be any miscues. And LSU, you want to be a championship team. That's what that's what's required. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Performing at the end of the game, and that did not happen. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I've been to games in the swamp, and very very intimidating place to play. And LSU knows all about that since they play in one themselves at home at Death Valley. And, uh, yeah, and especially, you know, you mix in Tim Tebow being honored, a lot of emotion. And it was, uh, you know, I mean, the Gators have had a couple rough years. uh, But, yeah, I know they're not at the lofty status they once were. Uh, but they're capable of beating anybody on any given day, especially at home. Now, you, of course, just uttered a phrase that I don't think any of us thought we would ever hear as recently as a couple months ago, that Kentucky upset Texas A&M, <laughs> or uh, upset by Texas A&M. Um, right. Yeah, Kentucky was undefeated coming in, but Texas A&M with Jimbo, uh, you know, who played Clemson very tough, I might add. Earlier this year, A&M did. Uh, but, yeah, uh, they knocked Kentucky from the ranks of the undefeated. So, uh, interesting game, to say the least. Yeah, I mean, I was not sure how Kentucky would do on the road because A&M, I think, John, really is, I would say, the most improved team in the league. And there's been quite a few, actually, that are playing well. We mentioned Florida. But I think A&M might be the the team that has had the uh, the most positive effect with the first year coach, and you know they their quarterback you know had to make some plays down the field, and if you stop the Kentucky running game, that's what's re- that's what's necessary for the Wildcats to continue to score, and it just wasn't enough. So Kentucky, they could still have a, an excellent season. You know they have to host Georgia here in a couple of weeks or so, and so and. Uh, so that that should be a good ball game. They still have a lot to play for in in Lexington, Kentucky. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And of course, their star running back is the uh, a relative of famous New York Jets uh, running back from Super Bowl three and Joe Namath and all that. Uh, uh, Matt Snell. So uh, interesting team, and. Uh, they're having an interesting season, to say the least. So it's been uh, it's been fun to watch. And you know, another really, really, really fun to watch game, of course, was Texas and Oklahoma. 
Texas won 48-45. Looks like Tom Herman effect is underway, truly, and credit to him. We know him well from his American Athletic Conference uh, days, and, and of course, we all remember him at Ohio State. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, and then Oklahoma uh, got fired their defensive coordinator, Mike Stoops, Bob Stoops' brother. Yeah, so that was a reflection of the, the downward spiral of that defense, which it's kind of amazing that I always could not figure out Bob Stoops when he was head coach of Oklahoma. Defensively, he never seemed to get a grip on that side of the football where they had any type of domination. They always were fairly good at scoring points, especially in that Big 12 at the highest scoring league, but it just didn't seem that defensively that they reached the same standard. So, and, you know, as you speak about Tom Herman, you know, his teams will score points as well, but he's got the other side of the football to consider down the road if he wants to be a championship-type team. They've got to do better on defense because it's one thing to win 48-45, but that means quite a few things went correct for you on the offensive side of the football, but that doesn't always happen as we know, John. Oh, absolutely not. Um, but, you know, uh, Texas is, you know, the best we've seen them in a while, put it that way. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, they're a threat. They're excited. They're anybody now, sure. Yeah. Yeah, they're a threat, exactly. Well, they beat, you know, Oklahoma. So Oklahoma and LSU were the two top five teams to go down this weekend. And, again, you know, know. Texas is, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, unfortunately, they're, they're you know, that loss – to Maryland to start the season is going to stick with them. So I don't think yeah. we're not talking CFP here, <laughs> college football playoff, but uh, nonetheless, Texas fans are happier than they've been in a while. I think it's safe to say, especially after beating. Oh yeah. Any, oh, oh yeah. Any, anytime you, you rent, you win the red river game, that rivalry, right. it's uh, it's, it's always a nice month or two down the road. You can still savor the victory. Big time. And, you know, AP, that's like just one of my favorite games every year. It's, you know, half the field is Texas, half the field, you know, burnt orange, half the field is Oklahoma colors. And, you know, it's a smack in the middle. Uh, the Cotton Bowl is. That's where it's played uh, of the Texas State Fair, typically an early start. So it's 11 a.m. out there since it was noon uh, here. And it's just always a great game. The pageantry associated with that game for an early October game is just one of the best. So always love it. And this one really delivered. I mean, you know, 48-45, it doesn't get any better than that. Uh, for those, you know, for fans who love scoring, they had plenty of it. Lots of excitement, great plays. Uh, just a, you know, just a terrific game as it seems to be every single year. That's a game I'd love to get out to someday, AP. Yeah, John, I'm going to have to make it out there myself for that ball game, Oklahoma versus Texas, Texas versus Oklahoma, the Red River rivalry. There's no question that it's one of the games that every college football player, every college football fan should try to attend. Oh, absolutely. It's uh, really, it's Army-Navy level practically. It's in that realm, shall we say. And, uh, And I actually, when I was out at, covering the Super Bowl between the Steelers and Packers in Dallas way back. Uh, 
six, eight years ago, um, I attended an event on the state fairgrounds, uh, literally across the street from the Cotton Bowl. So I have a mental image in my mind of what the setting looks like, and it, and it only enhanced my desire to get out there some year. So one of these days, AP, we'll have to head out there. Absolutely, make a, make a deal on that. Exactly. Uh, well, hard to believe we're at the end of our first break. It always goes quickly, uh, uh, but you'll be sticking around uh, for the rest of the show. So why don't we uh, take our break now and still a lot more college football and beyond to get to on the other side. to the pros we, we cover, everything. cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety Ray Ellis on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Have we got a high-energy, all-access sports show for you? It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemond Williams. Each week, join Lemond as he takes callers, discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific. For Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events the fans now have a voice to speak their mind no holds barred they need a bitch's ass and then move on i just, I just think that the coach made a mistake oh, crazy <laughs> nfl mlb nba nhl speak up speak up or forever hold your mouth we ain't playing around here voice america sports 
You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show. The call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. Back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And A.P., uh, speaking of Alabama football, uh, you were in Mississippi for the Mississippi State Auburn game, as we discussed in the previous segment, but Alabama, the team you typically cover, number one team in the nation, had their way up in Little Rock or Fayetteville, <laughs> um, uh, where they administered a beatdown on Arkansas, whose uh, boy have, have, have their fortunes fallen. Oh my gosh, uh, Arkansas—they were always a, shall we say, a player. No longer Alabama beat them sixty-five to thirty-one at home in Fayetteville. So Alabama just keeps rolling along, and Tua had yet another big game. It's like the the more we see of him, the greater he is getting. It's pretty impressive, just put it mildly. Yeah, John, I believe more touchdown passes that afternoon than incompletions. Oh, yeah, and that's what I mean. Like every week when we discuss Alabama, you and you cover them up close and personal, you're giving me statistics like that that are just mind-numbing. Yeah, Johnny, I mean, they scored, I think it was the, the first play, if I remember, um, and this, this is another oddity at Alabama, to the tight end, 76 yards. Wow. So uh, not, not only is he... Like, as I call him, the uh, professor of chemistry, keeping everyone happy. But there's unreal <laughs> production from the tight end position. Uh, I like you know, Irv Ir Smith Jr. is 76-yard tight. And then he had another one. He ran down the field about 40, 50 yards and fumbled the ball. Uh, one of the receivers picked up a score touchdown, too. But it's, it's incredible. It is. Well, number one, I like the professor of chemistry. Great line. That sums it up pretty well. <laughs> and uh, number two... <laughs> Uh, the tight end must have been inspired by uh, another tight end from Alabama, O.J. Howard, who, of course, had that 75-yard TD pass and run from Ryan uh, Fitzpatrick at the height or the beginning of uh, Fitzmagic just a few weeks back. <laughs> and it seems like a lifetime ago now. But, I mean, even that, he, like, that caught my eye. And uh, I've covered events and met O.J. Howard, and I know you have, too, obviously. Uh, but, yeah, that, that was one of the premier plays of the young NFL season, a tight end going 75 yards, uh, dancing down the sidelines. And uh, so maybe that inspired uh, your your tight end, your current Alabama tight end. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's – it's amazing to watch. I mean, they, you know, they just look unbeatable. They, they, you, just when you think they can't get any better as a program or whatever, you, you know, this happens. <laughs> and, and this is Tua. And it looks like Jalen Hurts got some playing time as well and did some good things. 
Yeah, he does some things at a different position, too. They put him in there at the same time as two ran some trick plays, and, and it all worked out. And uh, one thing about Alabama which surprised me was the fact that they put the two quarterbacks in the game at the same time Correct. this early in the season. I, I thought they would have waited, let's say, to the Tennessee game, which is two weeks prior to the LSU uh, game in Baton Rouge. But they opened it up to the playbook to let everyone know this could happen as well, but it gives them some extra time. But they must have thought, thought out this entire sequence for them to insert Jalen and Tua at the same time. Yeah, you know, I always find that interesting uh, when teams, you know, do stuff like that in blowout games, so to speak, or games that's obvious they're going to win, both NFL and, uh, you know, uh, college, where, you know, whether it's a trick play or using a player in a different way. Of course, Penn State uses their backup quarterback, uh, Tommy Stevens, in ways like that, uh, and he generally, when he's on the field, he always produces, which is, amazes me because you know when he walks on the field, like half the defense should be covering him because he's going to be involved. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> but you know, so Jalen Hurts. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Has he now played in at least four games, so that he, he's there for the rest of the season? There is no transfer possibility. Is that issue off the table now? Yeah, John, that issue was off the table. This is the sixth game, so he's played in all six. Okay. So Jalen is is here to stay for this season and beyond. Uh, you know, I would I would uh, surmise that he's going to transfer, but uh, we don't know. But that's what I would yeah. believe, that he's going to transfer somewhere to try to be a starter for his last season. Yeah, well, there's a lot to be said for being a winner and being on national championship teams. Uh, you know, as I've said on the show before, I have a... Uh, Family member who was a backup goalie for Boston College, you know, obviously high school star, didn't play a lot, but he walked away with two national championship rings for Boston College hockey goalie and uh, and a Boston College degree, and he's doing great a few years later, uh, needless to say, and, you know, so if... So I think Jalen Hurts is going to do quite well walking away with his Alabama degree and uh, perhaps another national championship. So there's a lot to be said for that. And especially if, you know, you, you can't help but wonder if Nick and he had a sit down and he, you know, he, they talked about creative ways which they could use him because he's a fabulous runner, great leader and tremendous athlete. So that's just one more thing to their arsenal, AP, if indeed they're going to start using him on a regular basis, and it sounds looks like they are, right? Uh, yes, I think he can help a lot of football teams across America, and I believe in the end he will transfer. Okay. All right. Well, but not this year. So, not this uh, year. Right. Not this year. So, uh, yeah. Another great game, by the way. Uh Miami, Florida State. Of course, Florida State is just having a really, really horrific season. There is no other way to say it. Uh, but yet they jumped out quickly to get the lead down there in Miami, Hard Rock Stadium. And, uh, you know, they had the Canes on the ropes throughout the game. But Miami, to their credit, uh, you know, came back and won in the end, 28-27. Miami's, you know... Uh, in the top 20, 
and Hard Rock Stadium was rocking by the end. Uh, pretty quiet in the early going, but you know, uh, there's always emotion. You know, Miami, Florida State, legendary rivalry. It doesn't matter what the records are, and uh, one team's good and one team's bad. It was it was a great game to watch. Uh, so yeah, uh, the the U rolls on, but Florida State is just under Willie Tigert in his first year having one of the worst seasons in forever. But, but John, at least they were competitive in that game they were. And, and probably should have won. So that's a, at least a better sign than it was a few weeks ago. It was a pure disaster. Correct. Um, so pure. You know, there, there's some hope for the Seminole fans. Yes, exactly. There, there really is. Um, but yeah, just fun. It was really fun to just see, you know, We've seen this before with, you know, when Miami beat Notre Dame a couple of years ago, that was awesome atmosphere, you know, for for any of us who remember the old Orange Bowl and uh, the national championship teams at the U, those games were just, again, must-see TV, great atmosphere. Of course, it's, you know, lost a lot through the years playing, uh, you know, up in the Dolphin Stadium, now called Hard Rock. Uh, a lot of empty seats, things like that, but it's back. You, you know, it's back, and even if there are still some empty seats, there's a whole lot more spirit and making a lot of noise. And, you know, like I said about LSU in recent weeks, same applies for the U. College football is better off when the U is, uh, you know, making some noise, and, and they have been the last couple of years. It's fun to see again. Yeah, absolutely. When Miami's in in the ratings, in the rankings, and yep. contending for the title, that's a lot of fun. You know, the ACC they need more teams to be in that position. Just you know, Clemson is really the dominant club right now. Uh, Virginia Tech at times, Florida State, Miami. Uh, you want to see North Carolina get back. So you know, it's always good for the conference to have at least half a dozen that are are noticeable and. Uh, having some publicity because of the winning record. Correct. Correct. Um, well, it's uh, hard to believe that yet another segment is uh, uh, come and gone. So why don't we take our break? And we have one more segment to go, a few more things left to cover, but uh, we'll do so on the other side of this break. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. This week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav, we're talking public land elk hunting, calling tips, locating the secret spots bulls love, calipers that fill the freezer, ammunition that performs, and more. Joining us is Mitch Petrie, Vice President of Programming for Outdoor Sportsman Group, and Steve West of Steve's Outdoor Adventures. Jim and Trav's Elk Quest 2018 is presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Let's hunt. Friday afternoons at 1 Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access all the time your internet flagship station for sports voice america sports you're listening to all around sports with your host john inglesby become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144 that's 1-888-346-9144 or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net now back to the show voice america listeners welcome back to the fourth and final segment of all around sports I'm your host, John Inglesby, and back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is tonight, Sox-Yankees from Wild Yankee Stadium, um, based here in Boston, and it's a very nervous, nervous, nervous Boston, (laughs) as this year's record-setting Red Sox are suddenly staring down the barrow AP of not returning to Fenway Park if they don't win either tonight or tomorrow night down in the Bronx. So uh, let's just say Boston's on edge as we speak. <laughs> yeah, <absolutely. laughs> you know what I mean? You live in New England. You get it. Oh, yes. Yeah, absolutely. I understand that New York, Boston, the tension is always there. The cutting remarks and the competition it doesn't matter. It could be Yankees, Red Sox. It could be for food. It could be for all types of different things. But it's always a Boston, New York. That's a that's a special competition, special rivalry. It really is. It really is. I mean, what I'm hoping for. I mean, you know, you know, give me an epic series. I mean, you know, you know, we'll see what happens. I was lucky enough to be at Game One. It was awesome. Game Two sent the city into a panic. That is going on for close to 48 hours now or will be by first pitch tonight when David Price just <laughs> came apart at the seams you know no, no baseball pun intended there but he did and uh, <laughs> it's just the talk of the town especially with the Patriots playing last Thursday night so the decks were cleared for non-stop baseball talk shall we say and uh, it, it's fascinating Uh so we'll see what happens. It's going to be interesting. Uh, but, you know, just to close out our previous discussion, I mean, the Florida State-Miami game, of course, as often happens, you know, with the Gators as well, with those three Florida teams. Just, you know, uh, two teams were going at it before the game on the field. John pushing, shoving. I mean, 
there's just nothing quite like it, and, and specifically Miami, Florida State. So with that said, and Florida State having one of their worst seasons ever, AP, they're not alone. There's a couple other household name programs who are having really, really rough seasons. It's hard to believe, isn't it? John, I just never thought I'd see the day when specifically let's look at a team like Nebraska having not won a football game, and that was a team that I think they set a record nine win minimum for, I don't know if it was 25 years, but it just seemed like it to me. And they were in the bowls every season, of course. And I think uh, this losing uh, goes back to last season. It might be eight or nine on the brink, right? Yes. They've now lost more programs, more programs, more games in a row, eight or nine. Uh, At least when they got the eight, it was the most ever losses in a row by any team in school history. Now, that's a statistic. Of course, it's, I, I was at the Ohio State-Nebraska game a year ago, practically to the day, literally like October 12th or whatever last year. Ohio State trounced them in Lincoln, and that was really like the beginning of the nosedive in my book. Um, and it's just been all downhill ever since. And it's just stunning to see, of course, Scott Frost, uh, you know, native Nebraskan who led them as a quarterback to national championship later then just recently took over the O and 12 central Florida team, turned them around to make them 12 and O that winning streak is still alive. Longest winning streak in the country under his replacement, Josh Hopple, Hopel, And so bottom line AP, you know, nobody, there's nobody in the world would get more rope and Scott Frost, and to his credit, a couple weeks ago, he said it's going to get worse before it gets better. And boy, was he smart to say that. Uh, but they love him there. He's he's the native son. He ain't going anywhere for a long, long time. Uh, yeah. and it, but it's crazy it, to see. It's hard to hard to believe. John, yes, if you live long enough, John, you see all kind of uh, things occur that you would never even dream. Correct. Never mind uh, predict. Exactly right. And what I remember from the Nebraska game, when Ohio State blew them out, and it was something like 41 nothing at halftime. People were leaving at halftime. This is my first time ever in Lincoln, a year ago today practically. And everybody around me, some season ticket holders who were nice enough to take us to the game, said they've never seen that before in their lives. People leaving, Nebraska fans leaving, you know, uh, Memorial Stadium in Lincoln at halftime. And I, so it was like I witnessed a weird history, if you know what I'm saying. (laughs) Yes. And you did. Yeah, you you sure did. Right. Like never before seen, so to speak. And the other one, AP, you had, you had another school that you never, that we never thought we'd see without a win in mid-October. UCLA with Chip Kelly. Yeah, you thought they that's squeak out stunning. Some type of victory with, with with their offense, right? Yes, if I would, when I think of Chip Kelly, if there's one thing I would just go to the bank with AP, and this is what amazes me, it would be that he would get off to a quick start at a new program, especially when it's UCLA. Do, do you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and they're yeah. They're, they're sitting here zero and five. Yeah, um, with, stunning. With not a victory in, in sight. I don't know 
if, I don't know what it's looking like for the rest of the season, but to start at 0-5 in Los Angeles, I mean, you're going to have to pay people to go to the game. Exactly. It's already, you know, a slight issue in that, you know, UCLA, of course, is downtown LA, Westwood, and you have to work your way up to Pasadena in the Rose Bowl for a home game. That can sometimes be an issue where colleges are concerned. Uh, I, I mean, UMass up here in the Boston area played games for a couple of years at Gillette, uh, an hour, hour and a half drive from UMass campus. So that can be an issue, but it's the, the issue is winning, and it's shocking to see Chip Kelly winless uh, in his start at UCLA, but someone who's not winless AP, and it just really jumped out of me with the two, with LSU and Oklahoma, two top five teams losing, is West Virginia, a team I once covered, is suddenly number six in the country. Uh, and of course, Will Greer's their quarterback, and he is, uh, he, he's amazing. He's in the Heisman conversation as well. Yes, he's one of the players you have to keep an eye on because he can really sling that football. And he came from Florida. You know, there was some oh, yeah. issues down there. Played for the Gators. Failed and had the suspension and yep. playing for, for the for the Gators. But he's got that team scoring points. I mean, that that's the mad scientist, Dana Hogerson, uh, the coach of West Virginia. I'm sure I didn't say his name correctly, but they, they can score points and they have a, a Pretty big game at Iowa State. Iowa State upset Oklahoma State this past weekend. Yes, I saw that as well. Well, AP, I, I'll close it on a funny Will Greer story, actually. Uh, in addition to covering the Mountaineers back in the day in Morgantown, uh, which was is an awesome place to see a game, speaking of bucket list places to go, by the way. But anyway, Will Greer's brother, uh, a few years back, I was covering youth national championship games down in uh, Naples, Florida, football university. Uh, think Williamsport for football, little league Williamsport for football. Uh, <laughs> and I didn't realize it was his brother until they did a special a couple weeks ago on college game day. Will Greer's brother, two brothers, are like teenage internet sensations. And I think his name was Hayes, was the quarterback of one of these teams that was playing that night. And I was covering the game, and I've never seen anything like it, AP. There were a, the field was ringed with teenage girls wanting to see Will Greer's <laughs> younger brother, who was like 13 years old, the quarterback, too, of this, you know, in this youth, uh, youth football game. Uh, and it was like... Yeah. The funniest part, I'll never forget it, like word was spreading. So like all of a sudden, cars just started pulling up, clearly parents driving and just like letting out a car full of teenage girls who were running up to the fence to get like, you know, pictures of them and stuff. It was a, a frenzy. I'm not exaggerating when I say it was a frenzy. I've never forgotten it. And lo and behold, it's Will Greer's younger brother. And they're still doing it. They're still he and his other brother are still uh, teenage internet sensations. So close it on that funny story. So I'm a Will Greer fan and a West Virginia fan, needless to say. Yeah, that's a fabulous story, John. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> yeah, it's a great story. It's a great story. I mean, you had to be there. But it was it, it was just insane. Um, <laughs> uh, it was like, you know, uh, whatever, like Taylor Swift suddenly showing up 
in a mall. I mean, it was something like that. I'm really not exaggerating when I say that. Um, so, hard to believe, AP. We're at the end of the show. Great job. Thank you for calling in, as always. And we appreciate your great perspective. Always fun to talk college football. It's uh, heating up. Season's halfway over. That's, like, hard to believe. Oh, sure, John. Yeah, my pleasure, as always. And thank you so much. Thank you again, AP. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. And we'll talk sports again next week.